guys, this is Leva Bates. You might also know me as Blue Pants. You might also know me as the Queen of Cosplay. You might also know me as the girl who just kicked your butt. And this is a whole reffin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reffin' show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen! Welcome, hashtag dear listeners, to yet another exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. That would have to be the whole reffing show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. That's right, Darren Beasley. You and I are playing catch-up. We missed last week. To be fair, it was Avengers Endgame weekend, so shit happens. Am I right, Darren? Well, you might be playing catch-up, but I'm playing Mustard, and I'll tell you one thing. Oh, God. Even if we had put out an episode, no one would have been listening to it, because they would either have been standing in line waiting to see Endgame, or they would have been fluffing the pillows on their couch to watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) That's true. That is very true. As much as we all love wrestling... Last weekend just wasn't the weekend for it. Right. Well, as long as Endgame turned out to be at a whopping three hours and one minute long, some would argue our episodes tend to be even longer. Uh, so we are playing a little bit of catch-up and mustard, as Darren said. Or uh, or uh, what is it called when it's mixed together? Is it is that a thing? Because I know, I know ketchup and mayonnaise together. Isn't that something? Well, it is now, officially. Heinz has bottled them together in... Uh, it's, well, to borrow the phrase from Metallica, uh, it looks like blood and semen. Oh, um, wow. I thought you were about to say, it's the thing that should not be. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was getting ready for that one. Uh, okay, well, fair enough. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about uh, what's been going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, predominantly, I'm afraid to say... We're not going to talk about blood and semen? Uh, well, we may. We, we, we already have, so we might as well keep that conversation going. Uh, predominantly WWE news on this one. Uh, we're talking about uh, the latest news for the next WWE Saudi Arabia uh, show. Updates on Bray Wyatt's new character, uh, Leo Rush. Stuff going on with him. The Viking <laughs> Experience, or the Viking Raiders, or we'll figure out what their name is these days. Uh, Dean Ambrose update, now that we are post-WWE uh, for Dean Ambrose, and apparently post-Dean Ambrose. And AEW Double or Nothing News, Cody Rhodes, or should I say Cody, officially has an opponent. And speaking of people who have just left WWE, we're going to talk about that. And speaking of other organizations that are not WWE, we're going to talk about our favorite organization, ladies and gentlemen. It is that time, yes indeed. Easter has come and gone, but it's still time to hide some eggs and find them. And maybe find some implements of destruction within. Fest Wrestling's Hardcore Hunt is this weekend on May 4th in Gainesville, Florida. We're going to run down the card for Hardcore Hunt and have a good old-fashioned preview show right here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. We're not going to do it alone, though, Darren. we got some buddies with us. Hell yes, we do. We've got two dear friends of the show joining us to talk about Fest Wrestling, and that is one half of The Voice of Fest Wrestling. We're talking about Rich Bokini, the voice of independent wrestling, 
And also joining us, no less than Teddy Stigma. That's right, <laughs> the world's worst role model. Teddy Stigma is coming back to the whole reference show to give us his thoughts on the hardcore hunt. The world's worst role model, no less than Teddy Stigma, but one of our favorite guests, one of our favorite hashtag friends of the show. Him and Rich will both be on our show later on to talk about all things Fest Wrestling. But before we get there, Darren, we got to talk about them. Headlines. Hashtag, dear listeners, do you want to go back to the deserts of Saudi Arabia? It doesn't matter if you do or not. <laughs> WWE is taking you there, and they're going to take you there via the WWE Network. On Friday, the 7th of June, 2019, so one month away, the WWE returns to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, to put on what I can only imagine will be a completely um, uh, non-canon, out-of-continuity, weird-ass, uh, backward, upside-down, through-the-looking-glass version of WrestleMania. Sure. That's actually probably the best way to, to put it, sure. And uh, just in case you were doubtful of that in any way, you can look for all of the superstars that currently make up the Raw and SmackDown rosters, unless, of course, they happen to be a woman uh, or Jewish or gay. And uh, then they will be nowhere near your television screen on that day and nowhere near Saudi Arabia, where they are uh, feared and hated. <laughs> Was it uh, was it Dave Gilmore who said uh, steps taken forward and sleepwalking back again? Sleepwalking back again? I think it was. It no. was Mr. Gilmore. I know it was. Um, in addition to those who will and will not be there, you may be surprised that Bill Goldberg is being advertised for this show. Oh, quickly, uh, quickly. Uh, surprised, not surprised. Because uh, it's Saudi Arabia, and they can basically say, Him, I want him. I want the earthquake. Uh, earthquake's long past. No, no, you bring him. Okay, we'll, we'll resurrect the earthquake <laughs> and put him in a match. In, in case, dear listeners, you think that Perry is speaking uh, in hyperbole, it was, in fact, for Greatest Royal Rumble in which Yokozuna was requested by the Prince of Saudi Arabia only uh, to, for WWE to have to inform him that uh, Mr. Rodney Anawai was no longer among the living. And uh, yeah. I, I fly on the wall to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. I just hope this show is called Greatest WrestleMania. Uh, just totally throw it for a loop. Now there's another WrestleMania uh, in the same year, and it's dubbed Greatest. No, not And again, not the, it's just Greatest. Greatest yeah. Royal Rumble, Greatest WrestleMania. It should be called Greatest AEW. Just really fuck with everything. Yes! <laughs> Just call it good. And yeah, don't explain anything at all. No explanation. No. So Goldberg is being advertised to wrestle. Who will he wrestle? I hope it's not Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is being advertised uh, for the show as well. Um, the, even though I guess the, the bigger headline is the rumor that Brock Lesnar is actually supposedly done with UFC, having uh, secretly told Dana White he will not be fighting again, he will not fight Daniel Cormier. 
I mean, have you heard about that? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this in true Jay Leno style? I heard uh, was it he 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 announced his retirement like shortly after being drug tested again by the USADA. Is that correct? Uh, am I wrong there? I, re- I read a headline. I didn't read the article, but I saw well, that. Yeah. Well, see, I think that you that's the second part of the story that I was unaware of. So, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, we've got some more digging around to do. And probably Lesnar got some more explaining to do. <laughs> He's a regular Lucille Ball, that Brock Lesnar. So Lesnar versus Goldberg is something I definitely don't want to see. I don't want to see it in Saudi Arabia. I don't want to see it at WrestleMania. I do not want green eggs and ham. I was about to say, is this some sort of WWE green eggs and ham? Yes. Darren, I am. Um, I also don't want to see The Undertaker. Why? Not because I hate The Undertaker. I love The Undertaker. But he doesn't do anything anymore. And I also feel extra (laughs) insulted... Because he did not appear at WrestleMania. If they're going to trot him out, then at least do it at WrestleMania. We already ruined the tradition of him being uh, undefeated at WrestleMania. Now you're going to have him appear, what, three months after WrestleMania? But not at WrestleMania? Um, Again, if he were a regular full-time roster member then okay, whatever, cool, because maybe he's returning from hiatus or an injury. No, he's just going to make a one-off appearance at a show that is, is so weird. Like, I've actually, like, uh, on the on this program, our, our listeners know, I have actually really said good things about the Saudi shows upon watching them because there is a sort of weird throwback in my mind to catching a random Saturday night's main event when I was a kid and not knowing what the story was, not knowing exactly why the big boss man was doing what he was doing, but being totally enthralled in that moment. And that's sort of how the Saudi Arabia shows make me feel. They make me feel like I'm Rumpelstiltskin and I just woke up and I'm like, wait, what? Why, why is Goldberg wrestling Daniel Bryan? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there, Teach. Uh, I think you mean Rip Van Winkle. Uh, because Rumpelstiltskin is... <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin is the, uh, is the impish man who spun uh, gold uh, at, a, at a... No, 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 no. I feel like Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where is he going with this? Like... Oh, no. Poor Darren. Poor, poor Darren. Wait a minute. Not only did I... I don't even know who Rumpelstiltskin is. I was explaining to you who Rumpelstiltskin was. Uh, he was an imp that uh, that spun gold out of straw. Uh, I forget why, but he did it for some uh, for some woman. I think maybe he was going to marry her because they had to have riches for some reason. I forget the story. I, I know that's his thing, but I forget uh, <laughs> I forget why he was supposed to do that. But Anyway, Rip Van Winkle, of course, is the one, the old man who, uh, or or rather the young man who fell asleep under a tree for many, many years and became an old man, uh, somehow uh, surviving, I guess, a very long coma and weather not being an issue, animals not eating his body. Uh, The story's full of holes. I think think Rumpelstiltskin's a more believable story now that we talk about. Uh, But I digress. Speaking of dead men, Undertaker (laughs) probably will uh, be ending up on this. Um, I I do see what you say, and we talk about how 
That is that is the oh. weird aspect of the Saudi Arabia shows. It's very exhibition-y because it does seem kind of out of context as far as the rest of the, the plot goes. The you know the, the storylines that are typically going. It's kind of like watching a WrestleFest tape, right? Like WrestleFest like right. '97 sure, or sure. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like they fought each other. What? Uh, and that's kind of cool right. about it. Yeah, it's like seeing. I don't know. It's like seeing Mr. Perfect have a, a title match against Diesel. Yeah, and sure. Like, huh? That happened? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, because it, it seems like Vince is not booking these shows. Like, that might be part of the agreement that Saudi right. Arabia books the shows. So you're actually going to see stuff you don't typically see, which is actually kind of cool. But nonetheless, it's all blood money and it's all horrible. Uh, so it kind of it kind of hurts that. I was, I was gonna say, in no way do I want to put over uh, the Saudi Arabia royal family. Sure. Uh, however, um, instead of you know committing horrible atrocities and crimes against humanity, uh, and you, maybe, yeah, you don't mean Vince McMahon. <laughs> no, maybe they should uh, hire them to book wrestling because they seem to be pretty good at that. Yes. Um, but they got to know. They've got to get a list of who is living and who is not living. <laughs> uh, one more word about uh, Rip Van Winkle. Um, okay. You know, yeah, Vanilla Ice's real name is Rob Van Winkle. Correct. And Vanilla Ice is a more realistic sounding name than Rob Van Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. For the very reason that there are only two Van Winkles in the history of the world. And they are Rip and Rob, and that just seems like a joke. And um, that's all. The end. <laughs> sure. That's not like it could have been a tag team back in the day. R- Rob and Rip Van Winkle. Uh, the Van Winkles Gorilla. Oh, uh, man. And Missed opportunity. One, ra- one is a rapper and one is in a coma. And, and you, know, you know what his finisher is, right? A sleeper what? hold. <laughs> That would be very, very entertaining. Uh, speaking of entertaining, Bray Wyatt is back, and he's got a new gimmick. Uh, for for weeks, we saw, I guess, little vignettes involving nightmarish uh, puppets and toys. And uh, actually, in the middle of, like, nowhere, I wasn't watching wrestling. I was just thinking about random things. And it popped in my brain, and I thought, what if the toys... What if the toy segment is Bray Wyatt's thing? And sure enough, it was Bray Wyatt's thing. So just so all you hashtag your listeners know out there, I called that before it happened. We have no evidence of it whatsoever. You're going to have to take my word for it, because when have I ever lied to you? Um, so Bray Wyatt's got this new gimmick. Uh, is it called Firefly? What was this called? Firehouse? What is this? It's called the Firefly Funhouse. There we go, there we go. Which is obviously a take on Pee-wee's Playhouse, which we are big fans of, of course. Uh, Being kids who grew up in that era, sure. Um, And I like what I've seen. The only thing is, his gimmick was wonderful before, and now he's got this, which is also great, but I kind of just miss the old gimmick already, believe it or not. All you had to do was kind of give him a bunch of new followers. You could have easily found three or four people who aren't doing shit right now and made him wear shitty clothing and not shave for a month and they could be part of the new Bray Wyatt family. It would have been pretty easy to do, but now we have this. Darren, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are similar to yours. 
the the decision to repackage him seems unnecessary. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with Bray Wyatt's gimmick. There was nothing wrong with his career so far, other than it had stalled. Sure. Uh, but I don't think that was the fault of the gimmick. I've never thought it was the fault of the gimmick. I've never thought it was the fault of Wyatt's ability. I, I think that Bray Wyatt it, it belongs at the top of the card. He belongs as a main eventer. Um, he he deserves to have a lot of airtime. Um, similar to how his stories initially had a lot of airtime, what, five, four or five years ago? I think that should have always continued. The fact, his Firefly entrance is still one of the, the great entrances ever. Getting the crowd to go along with that with their cell phones, um, having one of his family pull the rocking chair out behind him, you know, because now what's his music going to be? Like, whenever he comes out to wrestle now, is he going to wrestle in that in that collared shirt and sweater? I hope not, because I mean, it makes me feel warm and uncomfortable just looking at him in it. Um, yeah. You know, what, you know what he looks like, very quickly, Darren. I hate to interrupt you, but you know what he looks like. As soon as I saw the picture of him in that getup, you're not going to know because this is very weird. Uh, if you ever saw the movie Puppet Master, he looks like Pinhead, which is the giant muscly puppet that's got a tiny head. And if you, <laughs> if you Google that right now, folks, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. In fact, Darren, while you continue what you're saying, I'm going to show you. I'm going to find a picture of it on my iPad and show it to you. All right. Well, I'm gonna say this. I've never. I'm glad you're going to pull that up because I've actually never seen Puppet Master. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> it is. Problem. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. Um, there's no reason for a new gimmick. However, this gimmick looks like it could certainly be just as good and work just as well as the old one. I think that is in large part due to the fact that Bray Wyatt. Uh, real name Wyndham Rotundo is very capable of play. Oh my God! <laughs> That's exactly what that is. I told you. That's very funny, folks. Look it up on your own, and just know that I told you once again. Perry does it again, folks. All right, all right, all right. So back to to Bray Wyatt and the gimmick. Bray Wyatt is the reason why this is working. Um, I always said, I've said it for, well, hell, a quarter of a century now, that The Undertaker only works as a character because of Mark Calloway. If you put an, any number of other people in that gimmick, if you had put Ray Trailer or, um, what's his name, Nord, uh, who, who played the Berserker, um, if you had put Lanny Poffo, if you had put, I, I think even if you put Kevin Nash uh, or Scott Hall or, or honestly, even if you put Brian Lee, if you put any of those people, um, no matter whether they were great or poor in any other respect, any other character in any other company at any other time, any of those other people would have failed as The Undertaker, but Mark Calloway knew how to make it work. I think by that same token... That's why Bray Wyatt will always be good, and whatever the gimmick is will be good, because the dude is good. Sure, sure. And so I think that this gimmick could work if they'll give it something. Like, 
don't do three or four more of these vignettes and then have him appear like in the arena and wrestle and then never have another vignette. That's what they're going to do. And then we're going to find ourselves six, nine, 12 months from now going, why did they stop the vignettes? I mean, because you know they're going to. Sure. Well, at this point, I'm sure they're, they're they're trying to push that he's has you know multiple personality disorder or something like that too, which can explain why he can go. You know, it, it, it's always crazy. He's always manic. He's always weird. But that's why, like, he can skew into different people altogether. Um, well, I will say that with the full blown dreadlocks, which now appear to be bleached blonde and tied back behind his head in a bun, and his shaped beard um, really opens his face up, and you see, like, how bright-eyed he is, like, crystal blue eyes. And, of course, he's playing this sort of, like, sweet character where all the little creatures around him are, in fact, the, like, creepy ones. Um, I just, I'm curious where it's going to go. Sure. I mean... Does it actually only last until he appears and then he snaps, you know, or does he snap and go back and then he goes back and then he goes back and forth and then that's the gimmick? Um, I'm anxious to see. No, I, I totally agree. Um, it's but like, right, right here and now, right here and now, two thumbs up. Sure, sure. No, like I said, it works because it works because he makes it work. But at the same time, it's like you, I mean, you booked him horribly <laughs> over the last year or so. Which is why people may have lost interest in Bray Wyatt uh, ever since he had a very, very short title run as WWE champion um, and dropped the belt to Randy Orton for really no reason whatsoever. Um, just so Randy Orton can have another notch on his belt that he doesn't need. He's already in the teens as far as like heavyweight championships go. Uh, oh yeah, like fourteen, like dangerously close. Sure, sure, and you know who 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 cares if he wins the belt again? But anyway. So, yeah, so, again, his gimmick works because, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt is a great character actor, uh, but really you could just hire an acting coach and try to get someone else this gimmick who actually desperately needed it because Bray already had a really great thing going on. Uh, but people... Uh, you, know, I, you know, maybe like Luke Harper. Oh, oh, no, we don't say that name anymore, Darren. <laughs> and nobody will be saying it for a while because... Apparently he's in WWE prison. So yeah, apparently. Uh, well, speaking of ruining a good thing, uh, Leo Rush is uh, ruining himself. Apparently, apparently this man is self-destructing uh, because he's rubbing everyone the wrong way uh, as a punishment. Uh, as this is a punishment, some people go to go back to NXT because they want to. You know, Tyler Breeze went back to NXT. Hopefully, there will actually you'll actually see Tyler Breeze on television. Um, Leo Rush, Leo Rush being punished and sent back to NXT. Apparently, uh, apparently he was uh, pulled from television this past Monday. Is what the report is. Of course, he's defending it adamantly on Twitter. Um, but no, I mean Leo Rush from Go has been kind of uh, frowned upon in the world of uh, WWE, especially ever since you go back to the whole you know Emma being fired. Uh, deal, or <laughs> immediately he rubbed everyone the wrong way. Kind of harkens back to that, him just not knowing when to shut the fuck up, basically, right? Well, Twitter is not his friend, and no. he thinks Twitter is his best friend, his, uh, his shrink, his uh, sounding board, and um, his whipping boy. 
And uh, Twitter is not any of those things. Twitter is simply a megaphone, and it and it's uh, your voice to God's ear and all of God's little children. And uh, if Donald Trump and Roseanne Barr have not taught us that you need to watch out what the hell you're saying on Twitter, uh, Leo Rush should, or at least he should teach that lesson to those in the wrestling community, because Leo Rush is an idiot. <laughs> wow. Leo Rush does not know which side his bread is buttered on, and Leo Rush is not making friends. You have to make friends in the wrestling business. And when you're the new kid on the block and you have been given a lot, hey, you know what? Maybe he only wrestled a couple of matches on the main roster. But he was on the main roster. He was at WrestleMania. He is at the side of a former world champion. He is uh, highly visible, and yet somehow he cannot find it in himself to humble himself to those surroundings. Again, I am not one of those old schoolers who thinks that he needs to be taken to wrestler's court. You know, I don't want JBL to get his soapy hands on Leo Rush. <laughs> I, I don't want, you know, I don't want the guy to be manhandled or beaten up or, you know, shanked in the showers. I'm not talking about that kind of... Uh, uh, retaliation. You know, I, I don't think that a wrestler needs to have to come in and bow at the feet of all the veterans. But Leo Rush seems to have taken that uh, feeling uh, and that sentiment and that uh, position way to the extreme in which uh, he's just openly critical of other individuals and, uh, and again, it's, it's the very definition of not knowing which side your bread is buttered on. Sure. Speaking out, speaking out of turn for no reason. Sure, sure. Uh, I think it may be just uh, he's got a lot of growing up to do. Uh, he's, he is a young man. Uh, unfortunately, if you're, if you're going to burn all your bridges at this young age, uh, you better be careful if you need to leave uh, the, the land that you're currently occupying. Because there'll be nowhere to go. Because people will remember, oh, Leo Rush, he's the guy that he can't he can't stop talking. You know, I, I don't want to hire him. So I mean, again, he's at the top of the mountain now at such an early age, which seemed like the best thing in the world. But the problem there is there's nowhere else to go, especially if you get kicked off the top of the mountain. Um, so he needs to kind of watch out for that. So I'll say again, young, uh, young age, youthful. Uh, making some mistakes here, but he just needs to learn how to censor himself. Everyone has to do it. I'm sure a lot of people working for the company censor themselves uh, and don't say exactly what they want to say, but they know that they shouldn't say what they really want to say, but that's uh, that's just common, common knowledge there. Oh, it absolutely is, and uh, we'll just have to see what happens with Leo Rush. Maybe this will be enough to teach him his lesson. Maybe, he, uh, maybe he's one of those that he's got to he's got to keep failing and it'll take a few more before he realizes the error of his ways. Uh, some people are just born that proud and, or born that stubborn. And uh, so we shall see, maybe it'll be a quick turnaround for him or maybe it won't. And uh, I, I, and I'm, I'm with you though. It's entirely up to him. Some people are just better at uh, playing with the cards. They were dealt Darren, uh, even if it means their cards, the names, their cards were changed 
uh, numerous times. Uh, I was talking about the Viking Raiders. Is that where we're at now with the Viking folk? Yeah, that that is where we're at now. Um, with Leo Rush is headed back to NXT. It looks like the something something experience is uh, permanently on the main roster, uh, as it were. Uh, we uh, we're gonna call them the Viking Raiders because that's the best we have at the moment. That's the best knowledge we have. Uh, take it. I will take it over the Viking experience. Um, I don't know what was lo- wrong with Hanson and Rowe other than Vince couldn't own it. But uh, Eric and Ivor, um, uh, I don't know. Um, but yes, artists formerly known as War Machine and the War Raiders, now known as the Viking Raiders, uh, they're uh, still holding on to those NXT Tag Team Championships. I'm anxious to see what happens with those and um, also what direction they're going to take now that they are um, back to raiding and less uh, experiencing. And, um, <laughs> you know, I will say that uh, Viking Raiders is a superior name, but boy, I think it makes the company look stupid when you're ship, when you are like overtly shifting gears in the public eye week to week. Like that's kind of dumb. It makes you look like you don't know what you're doing. And I guess there's a little bit of appreciation that should be had for the fact that they appear to be listening to the fans, but there's also the aspect of to someone who's not initiated in the WWE universe or in the internet wrestling community you just kind of look at it and go, why are they changing their names? Sure. It's like WWE is wearing their mistakes, basically, when when on a weekly basis, like there are dramatic changes in people's names. Um, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like, after you establish a property and then you change the name, it's always kind of like, why did you change the name? And not just typically like, like, you know, shortening the name, which we also have an issue with, but like, uh, you know, Lacey Evans... It was Macy Evans first, and then she went back to it for like a, a week, and then the next week she went, or she was something else completely different, I think, for like an episode of NXT way back in the day. Um, yeah, uh, she went back to her real name, which is Macy Estrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's had her name changed multiple times. It was really, really weird. On this one, though, it's just odd. I mean, War Machine is just the coolest fucking name. Let's go ahead and put that out there right now. So even then, just calling them the War Raiders, to me, was like, oh, that's a demotion, a name. But I, I guess, I get it, I understand, that's fine. So to even change that to something as god-awful as the Viking experience um, is the worst shit in the world. Viking Raiders is just kind of like, is this a joke now? Is this a game? Are we just spinning a wheel in the back and, and whatever it lands on? Like, you put the two, like... Is there just a bunch of words on a wall, and you just kind of throw a dart, and wherever it lands, that's what's going to follow Viking uh, this week on Raw? Um, it's it's, it's no, silly. That's exactly what that is. Like, right. The Viking, like, I, I'm going to say it's bad because they changed it again, and that action is bad, but I'll still think that I'll still take Viking Raiders over Viking Experience because that name was just so bad. Viking experience is like it's such a bullshit like so like vague um, like disgustingly bland pointless amorphous buzzword that means 
nothing. <laughs> oh, it's the experience. It's the um, it's the cafe latte experience. It's the um, you know, it's the uh, the uh, the psych medication experience. It's the two lane black top experience. Like I fucking hate that. Like um, this has become totally, totally commonplace today. To, to while now everybody wants to start a conversation about something, blah, blah, blah. But all you got to do is go back about eight years to the first time that Hillary Clinton said, I'd like to start a conversation about this. And yeah, nobody thinks twice when they hear that now. It's such a commonplace buzzword. But to me, throwing experience around is like starting a conversation about, no, don't, don't use that terminology. Don't come up with some BS, like, ultra, um, like, middle-of-the-road, hyper-palatable, bland, BS gruel that you're going to feed to the masses. Fuck it. No, Fuck no. That. Yeah, if I, can, if I can experience sounded like a medieval restaurant, a medieval-themed restaurant, um, <laughs> come and dine and get the Viking experience. Ew. Uh, so that's all horrible. I feel so bad for them. They're very talented performers. They're talented athletes and it, it's all fucked up and it has, it, that's, it's a reflection on them, but not because of them. And that's the worst part about this. Um, so I, I feel bad for, uh, Hanson and Roe, but it is what it is. You know, some people though are dropping their WWE name, uh, dropping the company, I should say, because Dean Ambrose no longer gainfully employed by WWE. Finally, the Shield broke up for about six months there for a minute, um, and now he's back to his roots, baby. John Moxley, the artist formerly known as Dean Ambrose, is now accepting bookings as John Moxley, the wrestler. So the question is, where will he end up, Darren? I don't know, man, but all I know is those that promo that came out where there, he's got bloody hands, where he's grabbing barbed wire, and there's police sirens, and he there's like shadowy, smoky footage of him in the ring, and he's doing that like drop-down, drag-your-shin-across-the-mat thing that Kyle O'Reilly does. Sure, that, sure. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, no, um, I, I know the one. I think that's an amateur wrestling thing, but like it looks so fucking cool, uh, especially when a guy is wearing street clothes and doing it like uh, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley is doing here. It's funny that you say the artist formerly known as Dean Ambrose, uh, the arm, the artist formerly known as John Moxley. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. To be known as John Moxley once again, um, I believe his real name is John Good. Um, I believe is is his real name. And John Moxley, of course, was his in-ring name for many, many years, most notably in uh, CZW, uh, before he ended up in FCW, the WWE machine, and of course became Dean Ambrose of the Shield. I'm stoked. I'm glad he's out of WWE. I'm glad he's John Moxley again. Where? So you asked me if I, like, your first question was, where is he going to end up? Do you have an idea where he's going to end up? Well, I know Cody, uh, a.k.a. Cody Rhodes, uh, the artist formerly known as Stardust, <laughs> for going down that road, uh, mentioned something about him being welcome in AEW. Um, it seems like the logical choice. It seems like it's where all the cool kids 
are going, but I don't, I've never heard, I mean, Dean Ambrose doesn't say anything. He doesn't say shit to anyone about anything, except probably Renee, his lovely wife. Uh, so it's not like he said in interviews before, like, oh, I'd go there or I'd go here. There's no telling. There really is no telling. And I think that makes this extra cool because we have no idea where he might end up. Well, that's true. Can you – if Renee's going to stay with WWE and she's going to work a WWE schedule and they're going to remain living in Las Vegas, what makes sense for Dean Ambrose? Does it make sense for him to take like a B-plus level indie schedule where he just books randomly? Like, oh, I go wrestle for Defy. I go wrestle for Fest, let's say. You know? Um, or I wrestle for bar wrestling, uh, or, you know, uh, PWG anywhere. Or, Hey, wrestle circus is back. Uh, he could do that. He could, you know, work that kind of circuit. Or are we talking about an ROH debut? Are we talking about, you know, what the inevitability of AEW? I don't know, but I just don't see it being, Anything other than than AEW. I don't know that Ring of Honor is going to let Moxley be Moxley. Um, I'm a, <laughs> nor, I'm a, nor they let bygones be bygones. Yes. Uh, and I damn sure don't think Impact, even if they wanted him, does, does, does John Moxley want to go to Impact Wrestling? That's kind of what I was thinking. No, I mean, this is a very special situation. Um, like, we'll say, like we mentioned Emma. Emma leaving WWE, and when she announced she was accepting bookings, like, the indies were like, oh, God, we need Emma. You know, uh, <laughs> and, and nothing against Emma. You know, Emma's Emma. You know, I, I loved Emma. I thought she was great. I was very surprised slash let down when they dropped her. Um, so that was a big deal. We're talking about a former WWE champion. We're talking about one third of the shield is now accepting bookings. There's gotta, right. there, there, there's, there's gotta be a bidding war, uh, to try and, and, and lure, uh, Moxley, uh, over to their camp and anywhere he ends up is going to be a thorn in the paw of one Vincent K McMahon. Well, exactly, because, again, this isn't John Moxley in the year 2029. This isn't after, you know, Reigns has retired and Rollins is, like, you know, a trainer at the Performance Center. <laughs> right. And Moxley's been let go because he he really can't go anymore, and then all of a sudden he tries and, you know, does something that he shouldn't do. No, this is... While Moxley's doing whatever he's doing, Rollins is the universal champion. Reigns is starring in, not starring, but he's now appearing in films with his cousin, The Rock. You know, it's rumored that Roman Reigns will fight The Rock in the main event of WrestleMania next year in Tampa. While that's what two-thirds of The Shield is doing, Moxley is out there. So you're absolutely right. You are fucking A right that... There's going to be a bidding war because he is going to be the hottest of commodities. Um, I honestly only see AEW as being – it's got to be AEW or, for the sake of like exposure-wise, it's got to be New Japan. I don't think it's being New Japan. I just don't think it's going to be New Japan. 
Well, it's got to be AEW. Well, he, he can't go to New Japan because he'd be leaving his wife behind. That's I mean, not, that, exactly. Yeah, that, that's not logical as far as relationships go. Um, but hey, how about they live in Las Vegas? He makes his debut in Las Vegas at Double or Nothing. Could be, could could very well be, but you know Vince, when he had the farewell meeting with Ambrose, you know, slash Moxley, probably said like, if you go to AEW, I will kill you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the last thing Vince wants, is more ammunition for AEW, and if this former WWE champion, who like you said, can still go, who apparently will be, you know, unhinged, we, we, we get the unheld back version of Johnny Moxley, something he was unable right. to do in WWE. Then who knows what he could do with that character? Well, I already thank God for all you Instagram artists and Instagram graphic designers. Uh, I had no sooner heard this news about Moxley today when, uh, <laughs> than I was to go on Instagram and see people already doing mock-ups of posters and the first one I saw was a Moxley Janela poster. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell yes. Bring it on. John Moxley versus the bad boy Joey Janela. Please, please, please. What a time we live in, Darren. And speaking of WWE talent showing up at AEW, Cody, formerly Cody Rhodes, now has an opponent for AEW Double or Nothing. It's his bro, man. His brother. Oh, I thought maybe for a second, I thought it might be, it might be Triple H. No. Uh, after all the shit that he was talking. Triple H is going to be there. No, he's not going to be there, <laughs> folks. But Dustin Rhodes will be there. Gold Dust, no longer with WWE. And that is someone who was gainfully employed for a very long time. Uh, there, like a year would pass, and you'd forget that Gold Dust was still there. Um, I mean, you you can say Gold Dust wasn't used very well uh, the last couple of years that he was there, but I mean, at least he was there at all. I mean, he could have been cut loose very easily. But uh, something about Dustin Rhodes—they wanted to keep him on the roster. They kept him with our uh, truth, part of the Golden Truth, and you build up this really cool. A uh, few between our truth and gold dust, and ultimately it just ends with no payoff whatsoever. Whoever decision that was, um, nonetheless, that was a terrible decision is what it was. Nonetheless, uh, Dustin Rhodes leaving behind the face paint and just being simply Dustin Rhodes. Uh, so, or be- is he? Is he leaving behind the face paint? I hope so. Uh- <laughs> Already wearing like red and silver face paint. Sure, but we saw we did see Dustin Rhodes. The uh, last time we saw him was actually at, uh, I- I'm going to say it, but you know I don't mean it, folks, uh, the last Starcade, that house show they fucking called Starcade, uh, where Dustin Rhodes wrestled, or Dustin Runnels wrestled as Dustin Rhodes, uh, which is actually a very cool thing. Um, but uh, yeah, in the promo picture, he is wearing some kind of face paints, but I'm hoping he's just himself. That'd be nice. Uh, that would be interesting. Um, I don't like to see the face paint unless it's gold dust. Sure. Um, what was it? It was called Black Rain when he was in TNA. Um, and then, of course, there was the debacle that was seven in WCW. <laughs> so really, it's just gold dust that is really awesome character. And uh, if, if Dustin is not going to be gold dust, 
then he needs to be the natural. He needs to be the natural Dustin Rhodes. Um, and that's not me using the adjective natural. That's me using his nickname. You, you mean uh, both. You mean both. I do. I do actually mean both. Um, uh, the natural, all natural, Dustin Rhodes. And uh, that's who needs to fight Cody. Because that's more brother versus brother. Um, at least in AEW, that's what I mean. If they were in WWE, I'd still like to have seen regular Cody versus Goldust. Uh, as opposed to Cody versus Dustin or Stardust versus Goldust. But in AEW, because... I don't care how they do it. It's going to feel like All In, which feels like WCW. I mean, it just, if it's not WWE, but it's got a lot of money, it feels like WCW. Sure. And we've talked about this many times on the show, where AEW is beginning to look a lot like (laughs) World Championship Wrestling. Every headline I read. So, yes. But as far as this being a match, I'm just excited about the match. It's it's going to add to uh, what I'm sure will be an amazing card. Um, this is basically part two of the All In show and the first uh, AEW uh, show, right? I mean, uh, essentially, yeah, their first show proper. Um, which unfortunately, I will not be able to attend. Are you Are you going to be able to make it to that? Oh God, no. But I I do know that AEW, after Double or Nothing, will be returning to Jacksonville, Florida, which will be their home base. Uh, And they'll be putting on a show in Jacksonville, which I have every intention uh, of attending. Strangely enough, uh, that's not a big arena show. I I went to look at ticket prices the other day, and that's actually going to be in an amphitheater, which is attached to the Jaguars football stadium. So... Uh, you could see uh, a, the second ever AEW show in Jacksonville in a pretty intimate setting, very similar to the amphitheater in St. Augustine uh, at which Fest Wrestling ran uh, a couple of shows. So as you know, that can be a really intimate setting, and uh, it'll be interesting to see AEW like that, considering what the talent is likely to be. Absolutely, AEW, of course, uh, ever-growing, ever-gaining momentum, and that's why it is so dangerous to WWE at this point. Hopefully it can keep it going and deliver on uh, all of its promises and all that it could be. Uh, it hasn't disappointed yet as far as uh, uh, All In went. It was a very entertaining show, of course, and uh, sky is the limit. And we'll see who else ends up in AEW in the future. Speaking of non-WWE uh, promotions that we love. Fest Wrestling is this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we are your one-stop shop for all things Fest Wrestling going into the hardcore hunt. Darren, we got some friends. Let's talk about it, baby. Fest Wrestling Hardcore Hunt. This is the most marketable corporate-sponsored sports entertainer of our or any generation. The hashtag feminist icon E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reffin' show. Dear listeners, it's that time again. It's time for us to talk about Fest Wrestling. The very best independent wrestling around. It is definitely the favorite 
IndieFed for Perry and myself, and they are presenting the Hardcore Hunt. This Saturday in Gainesville, Florida, the 4th of May, 2019, at 8 p.m. Now, if you've got VIP tickets, you can get in the door at 7. Everybody else, you get in the door at 7.30, but your asses better be in there by 8, because that's bell time, baby. It is one hell of a show. This might be the longest gap between fast wrestling shows, and I can already taste Gainesville's saliva, can't you? Yes, Best Wrestling's Hardcore Hunt 2, the much-belated Easter egg hunt uh, from Fest Wrestling. And I am not only joined in this discussion of Hardcore Hunt 2 by Perry Smith. No. Hey, hey! We also are so lucky and so thankful to have joining us Rich Bokini. Oh, hello! Hello, friends and family. Yes. Thanks for joining us here on... The whole reference show, Rich. Uh, you know, we're the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. And uh, our show is always uh, a sunnier day when you're around. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, why aren't you here every week? Um, um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> wow. Put me right on the spot. The hard sell. Well, we really do love to have you here. And you, of course, are one half of the voice of Fest Wrestling, as well as one half of the voice of many uh, wrestling organizations, uh, our fans and your fans know it well that your voice can be heard all over the world of professional wrestling, but they can only hear you on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle if they're listening right now. That's so, true. Uh, how ready are you for this weekend, Rich? I'm hoping my I'm hoping that my voice is all right. Um, I've, I've cleared my throat and taken some cough medicine to be able to do this show with you. Um, and uh, I'm just fingers crossed that I'm okay and that my voice is ready to go for Saturday. Uh, if you guys are coming down here, I don't know what it's like where you are right now, but if you're coming down here on Saturday, the pollen levels this week, I sound like an old guy. The pollen levels down here have been off the charts, and I have been miserable. I feel like I've been run over by a box truck, and uh, I've just been taking antihistamines all week. So I don't, I don't know what day it is. I barely know what time it is. I can... I, I, my eyes are barely open, um, but I'm gonna do my. I'm powering through here because I love you guys so much. Oh, um, sweetheart, that means a lot. And and we love you so much that I am gonna come down and enjoy the beautiful green skies of Gainesville yes. on yes. Saturday, and uh, I'll have my Benadryl in tow because uh, I love Rich Bokini and I love Fest Wrestling. So that being said. Perry and Rich and I are going to talk about, we're going to talk just a little bit. We're not going to keep Rich on on the hook too long. Uh, we have a really fancy uh, fly fishing reel set up, and, uh, and we're lucky enough to capture Rich, but we're going to let him go. We're a catch and release kind of podcast, and <laughs> Stop, uh, we're, we're not going to keep him on the whole time. But uh, Perry, what, what should we talk about? we we got to make the most of our time with Rich this week. Right, absolutely. Uh, so we're going to catch and release. He's going to have a hole in his mouth forever, but we're very humane. Hey, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Real quick, I need to write it off the bat here. MLW Fusion oh. on YouTube. Oh. Be in Sports USA and Free Sports UK and Ireland. You can find us there. Go Jim Cornette. And my, what, now, no matter what you think about Jim Cornette, Cornette has been fantastic on commentary. A pleasure to work with. I laugh my ass off, and he is a wrestling genius. I don't care what any. Hey, he's an old man yelling at a. Cl he is a genius. He's a savant. 
Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing commentary with him. Uh, so check out MLW Fusion. Also, Defy Wrestling, which has a partnership with Fest uh, on the Pivot Share. Check that out. But uh, and like, super excited to be here with you guys, and I cannot wait to see Max Greg this weekend. But I had to get my plugs in, so there you go. Awesome. Well, typically we wait to the end, but obviously Rich so excited to talk about MLW, and yeah, we needed to talk about Jim Cornette. But we'll do that when we're off the air. Uh, that's all awesome. Speaking of MLW, someone who is familiar to fans of MLW as well as Fest Wrestling, Leon Scott will be in action this weekend uh, fighting an old friend, uh, now current foe in one Wolf Taylor, Lone Wolf Taylor as we call him now, ever since he left the group Awaken. It's hard to know who to root for in this match. It is a grudge match. Uh, Wolf Taylor feels that he was held back by Leon Scott, and that's accurate. He's definitely got a case to plead there. Um, but it, it's hard to know who the good guy is, because it feels like it's a bad guy versus a worse guy. <laughs> Wolfie cuts my hair from time to time, because uh, it, well, tr truth be told, that that's one of his gigs. Sometimes before shows, he'll actually bring his barber gear and uh, cut the hair of his friends before the show. Uh, so every now and then he cuts my hair. So I have to root for Wolf because if I don't, I'm going to end up with like a, some, some kind of sideways crazy ass mohawk or something like that. So, <laughs> um, no, nah, it's an interesting story. It, you know, when, when, when you think about Awaken, it was always kind of Vandal and, and, and Leon. And you could always kind of tell that they, they always sort of treated Wolf as the, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say the also ran, but they, you know, they, he, he, he was kind of like the, the, the third wheel of that group and never seemed to really get any respect. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him for getting upset. I don't blame him for getting mad at Leon. Um, and if you know, Leon Scott, of course he's going to have a problem with that. So, uh, it's been a long time coming, but they're finally going to go head to head. Head to head. And I'm excited to see that one. Well, Wolf was the last of the members to join Awaken. So I guess, uh, Vandal had, uh, seniority, <laughs> so Wolf would never get that, no matter how long he stayed in the group. And, uh, so, I mean, yeah, obviously Wolf just had enough. Obviously, we saw Leon Scott firsthand, you especially, Rich, ringside, us, uh, pretty close to the action as well, always in the audience, uh, saw firsthand Leon Scott's, uh, mistreatment of one Wolf Taylor, so... Maybe Leon's got this coming, but Wolf is being really mean about this whole thing, so it's hard to necessarily say I root for Wolf Taylor on this one. I was going to say, you think about what he did at, at the last event, attacking uh, Frankie, the referee. Tony was going around, he's interviewing people dur during intermission, and next thing you know, here comes Wolf, who was just hanging out by the bar all night like a, like, like a drunken derelict, just hanging out, uh, you know, just hanging around being a bum. But uh, here, you know, here he comes. He gets in Tony's face and then goes and attacks the referee. And, you know, that, that eventually brought Leon out and, and the challenge was made. But, uh, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. You don't know who to root for. But you've been pushed around. You've been kind of, you know, you've, you've been a lackey in so many words. You're going to fight back against that. And that's kind of that's why I feel for Wolf here. Yeah, well, my feelings are that Wolf Taylor for the longest time, was certainly in the right. He was the one being pushed around. He was the one being held back. He was the one who is, dare any of us say it, and also ran. And here he is trying to establish a career for himself, uh, and he's just a lackey. Well, when he retaliates the way he does, of course everybody gets up in arms. And then all of a sudden, Leon Scott comes out two fest shows ago, you know, and looks like, you know, brother puppy dog. 
and he and he's like he's trying to appeal to Wolf. He said, you know, I, I treated you like family. I treated you like my brother. I've treated you like my son. And I and I thought to myself, no, Leon Scott, you are not about to make me feel sorry for you. You are the <laughs> ultimate shit bag of fest wrestling. Do not even try to make me feel sympathy for you. So uh, as as scary as Wolf Taylor is, and I got to hand it to you, Rich, you're going to let him get near your head with scissors. Um, I'd be much more worried about losing like the top of my ears yeah. than I would just a bad haircut. But uh, I, I got to pull for Wolf because he was the one that was done wrong the longest. I'm with you. Well, it made the best man win on that one. Uh, that takes us to, we got tag team action. Tag team gold on the line. Your fest wrestling champions, the Ugly Ducklings. One Rob Killjoy and Lance Lude with the beloved coach Mikey, of course. Taking on the likes of Grit, the winners of the Love Cup. And I am frightened for my ducks, folks. Scared? I, I am scared. And, and you should be of Grit. Have you seen the size of these two gentlemen? Of course I've seen the, 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 the size of them. But listen, man, you get Coach Mikey out there. He's got the clipboard. He's got the fans behind them, everybody quacking. Those guys find a way. I don't care how big grit is. Yeah, they're dangerous. They're scary. They're powerhouses. They've killed everybody here in Fest Wrestling, basically. I think the Ducks are going to find a way. All right. Well, very confident uh, answer there, considering you basically said my worries in your answer as to why I should not be worried. <laughs> They've killed everyone to get there. <laughs> they have. Yeah, and I, I just think that the Ducks are creative enough, and I think that they're kooky enough. And when you, again, you, you've got Coach Mikey, who was here at the last event, who's with Max and I for a little bit doing commentary, doing some scouting. Um, I think he might have picked up a couple things, uh, being on the sidelines, as you do when you're, quote, unquote, up in the press box a little bit. You have more time to see things. Uh, you're not right in the middle of things, so you're able to pick up some different nuances and whatnot. Uh, I, I, I think Mikey made the right call last time by coming down here ostensibly to do commentary, but really to come down here to scout the competition for his, for his champions. Um, the ducks just seem to find a way. I know grit's scary. I know you don't want to get them angry. I know you get Tommy Thomas and he's running his mouth and all that. I just think that with the fest faithful behind them, chanting the quack 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 and all that stuff i just think they're gonna find a way i hope they do it's gonna be tough they're probably gonna leave with some broken bones because those grit boys are those are big boys uh but i in my heart i feel like the ducks are gonna find a way so we'll see on saturday well i know that my heart is entirely in in camp ducklings uh i just don't know that my head is um i think that uh Coach Mikey is a force to be reckoned with. He cannot be stopped. You can only hope to contain him. However, I think that if anyone can neutralize Coach Mikey, it is the Tommy Thomas because that man could stop a freight train by opening his mouth. Uh, the thunderous roar that comes out of the the the, the oven of Tommy Thomas is uh, is furious. I mean, it is, it, it is absolutely intimidating, and I think that that might be enough to take Mikey out. Now, despite the fact what you say, Rich, about how the Ducks find a way, and they have, I would be on board with them being uh, 
able to pull this out had I not seen one thing. And that is TJ Boss fly through the air with the greatest of ease. So a single man who is more... <laughs> who I, I shouldn't say more than a man. He is bigger. He is bigger than both of the ducks combined. And he is able to uh, maneuver in the air the same way that the ducks do. And that's the game changer here. That is the deciding factor. I don't know that the ducks can do everything grit can do but i'm afraid grit can and has and will do everything that the ducks can do i i think that uh that rob and uh, and lance need to find a way to um listen those guys can take a beating and they need to find a way to withstand beating grit are big boys you're right they fly around the ring but what happens to big guys the longer matches go on I think that's the, I, th- I think that's the game plan for the Ducks, and if one of my criticisms criticisms of the Ducks in the past has been that they always go a million miles an hour, this is one of those matches where I think that they need to take the governor off and go even a little bit faster and just keep up the pace, keep up the pace, go after the legs, try to topple them, and just try to outlast them. Um, it, you know, from, from from a conditioning standpoint, cardiovascular standpoint. Uh, and try to outlast them and wear them out. And I think that that's going to be the key to this match. Well, hopefully Coach Mikey's got the golden playbook on this one, and I'm sure some hit-and-run tactics will be involved uh, to ensure the gold stays around the waists of the Ugly Ducklings. Uh, That's not the only title match, though, at Fest Wrestling. The Fest Wrestling Championship is on the line. Your champion, the... Child of the eighth day, Saeed Al-Sabah. Again, your Fest Wrestling champion is defending against the former Fest Wrestling champion, the golden boy of Grabass, the feminist icon, Effie. Have you seen Effie's candles that he had available? Oh, my God. Those are like the They're like the Jesus candles? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) The prayer candles with him and and Cranberry. Yeah, yeah. Him and Cranberry the dog, of course. Oh, boy. Um... You know, Effie has had a bit of an edge to him lately, and he's pissed. He's pissed. He's pissed that he lost the title. He's pissed the way that he lost the title, number one. He's pissed that he does not represent Fest Wrestling as the champion right now. And that's taking nothing away from Saeed Al-Sabah either. But Fest is Effie, and Effie is Fest. So how do you think he feels going into this matchup? I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. I actually haven't talked to him either, and I want to. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have him on the air on this episode, but I hope to find him on Saturday before he goes to the ring because I really want to know what's happening up there between his ears because I'm with you. uh, for, For Effie to be fast and for Fest to be Effie and for him to have achieved his goal and overcome Uh, a year and a half worths of onslaught from Leon Scott and come out at the end of it as the champion, uh, Effie needed to be able to enjoy a long and resplendent run representing Fest Wrestling. He needed that, like, you know, four years on top that Hogan had. He needed, you know... uh, I know Effie loves to be on top. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. And uh, I think that it only 
it only serves uh, serves us all right to have to witness a, a furious uh, Effie who's forced to work <laughs> from underneath. Oh, too many double entendres there. But, you know, Saeed Al-Sabah, again, taking nothing away from, from his championship win. He captured the pickle in the tree. Jason no, not Cade, at all. Not at all. You know, we, we, we know what happened to Jason Cade. I mean, by right, Jason Cade should probably still be the champion here in Fest. But Saeed Al-Sabah took advantage, and I don't have any problem with him doing that. Um, that That's what you do. That's what the pickle in, in, in the tree is all about. But, um, you know, Cade somewhere is, you know, th- those wheels are turning as he rehabs. He, he, he wants to get his name back at things. But um, as we look at this match coming up this Saturday, I, I, I think for Saeed, I think he probably has a lot more to prove than, than anybody. He needs to prove that winning the championship wasn't an accident, that it wasn't a fluke, and that he is a, a, a true fighting standing champion. So I, I think this is uh, probably maybe the biggest test of Saeed's career coming up this Saturday. Not just here at Fest, but I just think in general, everywhere he's been, this is probably going to be the biggest test of his career. How is he going to overcome the crowd, which has been completely behind Effie here ever since Fest started? Saeed's popular too. He's He's got a, a, a following as well. He's fearless. Um, and he seems to, 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 to be impervious to injury. I still think of that time he went over the rope and nearly you know landed on his head and then popped right back up. We what all thought he was... Moment. Yeah. yeah, you know, we, we we all thought he knocked himself silly, but Saeed still has a lot to prove to the people here at Fest, and he needs to prove that uh, that he's as good as he's shown, and that he can be a fighting champion and a, and a defending champion because uh, there's a lot of pressure that comes with carrying that title. Absolutely, uh, once you get to the top of the mountain, you have to stay there, and uh, you must take on all newcomers. Uh, to echo Rich, uh, Saeed has done nothing underhanded to get that belt. He only played the cards that he was dealt. He played them very well uh, when he cashed in the pickle on an injured Jason Cade uh, and took the Fest Wrestling Championship from him. Uh, he's had a successful defense against Diamante, uh, which is a, a notch, if you will, uh, for Saif and uh, definitely cements his credibility as champion. But I do think this might be a tougher situation because like Ritz just said, I mean, that... Fest crowd. Even though Saeed has had this rise to power and popularity in Fest wrestling, the crowd it's its just it's something wrong about not seeing that belt around the waist of Effie uh, at Fest wrestling too, but same, at the same time hey, I, I love them both. It's hard to pick so I'm gonna I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the match. Me too. Well, yeah, the thing that I, I feel most strongly about is what Rich, you already mentioned, and Perry what you've just echoed. There's something extra. There is uh, an intangible about Effie's relationship with that Fest crowd. Saeed can be super babyface. He can be the champion. He can be the representative of the organization. He has represented the organization well outside of Gainesville, defending the championship in other companies. He can even get a rise out of that crowd in eight seconds. He can get cheered in this match. But I stood there at ringside and watched Effie take the belt away from Sue Young. Now, people loved Sue Young. They loved Effie just that much more. People love Saeed Al-Sabah. They love Effie just that much more. There is a certain thing that Effie's bringing into that match that is not the championship belt, but he is he is the uncrowned 
king of fest wrestling at this time. And I'm afraid he always will be. It's uh, it's a hard thing to try and take away from him. Well, I mean, if you're a football fan or, you know, baseball fan, you know, it's more prevalent probably in something like hockey or, 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 or football even basketball than, than than it is in baseball, but even even in baseball, the players feed off the crowd. But you know, Stanley Cup playoffs are going on right now. How huge is that to have that crowd behind you? And you talk, you know, I worked in hockey for a long time. You talk to players; they feed off that energy. There, there, there's a reason why in football, there's the uh, you know Texas A&M that what is it, the twelfth man or whatever, right? Twelfth man, exactly. Right. There, there's a reason that those things exist, and it's because. You feed off the energy of your home crowd when, when, when people are behind you. It's just you just do. And I I think Effie has that advantage going in Saturday. So we'll see. Sure. It's one thing to let yourself down, another to let down, you know, a couple hundred people that are all chanting for you and willing you to go on. So I totally understand that. But again, two very talented performers going at it. You know who's gonna win? The fans, baby. <laughs> The fans always win in Gainesville, my friend. That is absolutely true. Uh, and you can't talk about the Hardcore Hunt, my friends, without talking about the Hardcore Hunt itself. Uh, the Hardcore Hunt is a very unique match where large eggs are scattered throughout uh, the venue. In this case, eight seconds. Uh, inside those eggs are uh, implements of destruction. Sometimes, uh, usually, yeah, weapons. We've only had one Hardcore Hunt thus far. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see what happens this year. Last year, uh, the Easter Bunny attacked uh, the members of the Hardcore Hunt. I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if that'll be a, a repeat happening. We shall see. But in this year's Hardcore Hunt, we do know the combatants are Super Beetle, Treehouse Lee, C.J. O'Doyle, Kylan King, Leva Bates, Casanova Valentine, the Abominable CPA. And no less than the world's worst role model, Teddy Stigma. Oh, the return of Teddy Stigma. You think he's going to have his friend Evan with him? Oh, I believe he will. I, I certainly hope so. Uh, he's a good friend of mine as well. <laughs> but it's neither here nor there. Uh, this is a this is a a smattering of talent. You have individuals who are nothing alike fighting in this match. It's really hard to say. And once you have hidden weapons throughout the building. I mean, really, anyone can take this away. Last year, it was Veda Scott who left uh, with the victory of the Hardcore Hunt match. So, man, I I'm just curious to see what kind of insane shit we are in store for. Well, let me say first how lucky we are, I guess, that we live in Florida. And we have the benefit, you know, a couple weeks after Easter. And even, you know, you think about Christmas in July when, when, when that show goes down. Um, the fact that not only does Santa Claus come down here and we're able to kind of, you know, work with him a little bit, but the Easter Bunny very clearly vacations in Florida. Clearly. You know, but before before Easter and then, I mean, he needs to rest before, make sure he's in good shape, and then afterwards comes down, catches catches some rays. We're very, very lucky that all those extra big eggs that he had that, you know, apparently I guess there were some bad kids or something that, that didn't get Easter presents, uh, didn't get any Easter baskets. We're lucky enough that we're able to get those at a very reduced rate for the hardcore hunt. And you, you think about last year's event, and we were looking around eight seconds, and there's all these giant eggs. There was one hanging from the ceiling. There was one in the back. There was another one behind the bar. There's probably one under the ring. They're all over the place, and the match starts. You go. You find an egg. You punch the egg open. There could be, I think there was powder in one of them. There were uh, thumbtacks and jelly beans in another one last year. Uh, there was all sorts of craziness. 
I, I can't even remember. I think there was a staple gun in, in, in one of them. Anyway, very lucky that the Easter Bunny has uh, chosen to partner with Fest Wrestling like that. Um, and it makes for a very exciting, a very crazy match. Personally, I had never seen anything like that in my life until last year. I've called God only knows how many wrestling matches. I've never seen anything like that. Besides Mabel, maybe the gobbledygooker is the thing that comes to mind. <laughs> how it, but imagine, imagine if there were like seven or eight gobbledygooker eggs and you didn't know what was in there and there was a match going on you know luck of the draw you go and maybe, maybe the the gooker pops out of one there's another one you get a steel chair you know what i'm getting at it's crazy anything can happen it's a lot of fun and this is probably one of my favorite matches to call it fest well, well hold on hold on there rich because you're setting up fest wrestling for failure now because if the gobbledygooker is not in at least one of those eggs uh i think our fans are well, gonna be very well listen, li- li- listen we all know that the gobbledygooker is property of the giant monolith based out of stanford connecticut who would never allow an organization such as ours uh to use the gobbledygooker sure so sure. i don't i, I don't want to put the gobbledygooker is not going to be there saturday unless okay. somebody shows up in a gobbledygooker outfit I'm just making the point. Sure, sure, of course, of course. Well, you know, Vince should share and share alike. I mean, Fest Wrestling was kind enough to share Fest Wrestling footage of uh, Ruby well, Riot. They, they gave they gave Tony tickets to a house show. Oh, <laughs> well, how <laughs> the the Vince yeah, giveth rich. The billion dollar company who made. However much they made off of the YouTube and, and whatever else of showing that video was kind enough to give Tony Weinbender the uh, the the brains behind Fest Wrestling house show tickets to a show in Gainesville for that uh, for that video. Wow, but it was cool. I it, I joke about that because I almost guarantee you that either somebody over there just didn't realize that was me, or when they did, it was somebody that likes me and said, "Ah, we're gonna put this in there anyway." And I, I, I laughed when that was on there. I was like, my God, there's probably somebody shitting themselves. Why is his voice on there? God damn it. <laughs> well, we, we, we all knew you'd make your way back somehow. And in uh, that way, it's totally fine. Because well, they, they can see that you, you moved on to bigger and better things. That, of course, being Fest Wrestling. Also, fingers crossed, the next Saudi Arabia show was called Greatest House Show. Um, <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'll have to uh, make a call to someone on that one. Uh, <laughs> the thing about this this matchup is not only is the match chaos, look at this lineup. Uh, like this lineup is, you know, and I don't want to fall into the cliche. I don't want to. I don't want to be an Urban Outfitters T-shirt and, and and reference Bob Ross, but I'm gonna. But I'm not gonna reference Bob Ross. I'm gonna reference his palette. You know, like the the old school like thumb through the hole artist palette that has all the fucking paints all smeared together, that's what this poster looks like. Sure, sure. The hardcore hunt poster with these eight people looks like Bob Ross's color palette. That is a fantastic tie-in that I never would have... I, I don't know that I ever would have put that together. That's fantastic. Good for you. I mean, Tree, uh, Treehouse Lee alone is a Jackson Pollock painting. And then you add a bright blue super beetle next to him. You've got this little bearded man in a shirt and tie. I mean, you have no less than Teddy Stigma. I mean, hashtag no less than Teddy Stigma. Who, who will probably uh, throw up a Jackson Pollock painting after too much uh, Evan Williams. Uh, <laughs> you have him. You have uh, blue pants herself, the blue-haired 
lovely lass, Leva Bates. Uh, and you have a newcomer, Kylan King. CJ O'Doyle's in there for a little bit of, little bit of extra trees and, and happy clouds in the back. And then there's Casanova Valentine. And this is Casanova Valentine's best wrestling debut. And all I know, and this is all I know, mind you, is that Casanova Valentine is scary. We use that word a lot when we talk about certain individuals, especially the big ones like Grit. Casanova Valentine, big in his own right, but it's not just that. This man comes from a no-ring deathmatch circuit. Uh, this man, in, in various capacities, is apparently some sort of frenemy of Effie. Um, the, Effie has started running, uh, <laughs> running uh, with this pack. Uh, Effie is starting to dabble in these channels that are taking him to the mean streets of Brooklyn uh, and all sorts of other scary, uh, scary hideaway places where uh, underground fighting takes on a whole new meaning. And, and now apparently Casanova Valentine is bringing that flavor of wrestling to Gainesville. And uh, in this match, that could be particularly devastating. For sure it could. Sure. My big question, though, Darren, is uh, if you keep your friends close, your enemies closer, about how close do you keep your frenemies? About arm's <laughs> length? Is that, do we know? Uh, you keep your frenemies at the, the, the proper length where you can pretend to hug them and then put them in a rock bottom and drop them on the mm, Now you're talking. Can, can somebody, I'm going to go off the rails here real quick, but can somebody oh, explain to me this whole thing with these no ring death matches that are going? I don't get it. I think it's stupid. I don't like it. I get the toughness, and I get that a guy like Casanova Valentine is going to come in here and could probably beat the living Christ out of everybody. I don't get it. I don't know who. Why would you want to go and watch a no ring death match? Well, clearly someone's been hanging out with Jim Cornette. Um, so <laughs> entertainment, baby, entertainment. Well, no. Here's the answer, and this. Your answer, I mean, <laughs> your statement is destined to be unpopular, Rich, but mine is destined to maybe be even more unpopular here as I answer your question. Um, I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm hazard a guess that no ring death matches are just backyard wrestling uh, because they're a group of individuals who have access to a bar but can't afford to rent a ring. That's that. That is actually. See, I was thinking that it was the type of thing where, like, the ring didn't show up one day, as happens from time to time. I mean, it still happens. There's a show. Okay, what are we gonna do? Oh, okay, no ring death matches all night. All right, I get that. You, you, you know, you make, you do the best with what you got. But to actually say, hey, come, come watch a bunch of guys in tights fight in a bar with no ring. I, I'm lost. If that's your thing, I get it. I, that, I understand people like different things, and that's great. For me, I don't understand what the fuck that has to do with professional wrestling at all. But that's me. That that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Uh, clearly, cl clearly, Rich is uh, is, is against no ring death matches for uh, ring life matches, uh, Darren. Yes, uh, I just uh, I, I guess uh, my my feelings are probably. I think I'd like to see one. I don't want to that to become professional wrestling. I don't. I don't think that would ever be my preferred uh, flavor of professional wrestling. But I'm sure one time, especially if 
the card were stacked with people that did that regularly and knew how to make the most uh, out of there being a lack of a ring, it might be worth seeing. But as far as that being like your local Fed or like you know your local, well, that's indie, what I'm saying. If it's to me, if it's one match and there's a reason and there's a build to it and it makes sense in some type of way, in context, which is everything we've talked about before, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, but why? Like, why would I want to go watch an entire show of of guys fake, you know, that clearly fake fighting without a ring? Sure, I, I, it's doesn't compute to me. But you know what I mean? There's a lot of shit that doesn't compute. I, I, I don't watch game. I'm not. I'm I'm the. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't get it. There, there it is. There it is, folks. There it, there is. it is. Someone had to say it. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, uh, wrestling. I mean, people know the best shows are uh, a wrestling show is, is like a buffet, right? There's, there's a variety. So if you have a death match on a card with non-death matches, it'll stand out. It'll be it'll be something different, something exactly. you know. Yeah, when you have an entire show that's that, it's like you know why you need cruiserweights on Raw, and why cruiserweights were successful on Nitro because it broke up the monotony of three hundred pound gas gorillas fighting each other. Then you get to see people who are not that doing cartwheels and stuff you don't typically see. So that that's, it, it harkens back to that. So. Uh, I, I don't mind the death match. I, I don't want people to get hurt because I'm at the speaking of getting older. I'm the old man who's like, no, no, you're gonna get hurt. Shane McMahon, don't jump off that cage. You're gonna hurt yourself. You got kids. So, well, fast wrestling. If anything, if we've proven anything over the years, that we are a buffet. We are a smorgasbord of uh, certainly some of the the finest top end uh, chef inspired delicacies that professional wrestling can offer. And also something that you may find at the end of the night at a Golden Corral. But it all seems to work together. Absolutely. Well put. Except for the Golden Corral part. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, there you have it. We basically ran down the card for Hardcore Hunt. Lots of people in action. Also, we're going to see folks like Serpentico, Diamante, Ariel Monroe, Darius Lockhart, Jamie Senegal. It will be a smorgasbord of talent for sure. A little something for everyone. So get your ass to Gainesville this Saturday, May 4th. Eight seconds, baby. And uh, go to festwrestling.com for your tickets. I'm excited. Can't wait to see you guys this weekend. And it is going to be a blast as always. I know you're excited. We're excited. Fest Wrestling, Gainesville, Florida, Hardcore Hunt. Be there. And that is your pre-show for Fest Wrestling's Hardcore Hunt. Uh, But wait a minute, folks. Wait a gosh darn second. You know, Darren, there is someone else who might want to throw in their two cents, as it were, especially when it comes to the Hardcore Hunt match, because he is directly involved in this match. Ladies and gentlemen, we have on our show the world's worst role model, no less than Teddy Stigma. Hey, ring, ring, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm, Teddy. I'm calling in hot. <laughs> I was wondering who was on the hot line, and of course, it's no less than Teddy Stigma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hot, I'm hot tagging. Wait, what do you tag? Is tagging a phone pun? Maybe like old phones that you have to tag yourself in on those? <laughs> yeah, sure, like that. Sure, or maybe, or maybe you're uh, you're committing vandalism via graffiti because I'm spray painting my phone. No, because you're tagging. It's it's known as tagging. Jeez, oh, guys, I'm sorry, man. I really screwed that one up. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, well, enough about vandalism, Teddy. It's a good thing you don't know a whole lot about that. Because, again, you, you claim to be the world's worst role model. But I think you're a neat guy. Um, you've got a dog in the fight when it comes to the hardcore hunt match, Teddy. It's going to be you against some pretty stiff competition. Are you ready for your triumphant return to Fest Wrestling? Hell yeah, I'm ready. I'm a, I'm a freaking guy that likes to hit people with stuff. And... I legitimately have real-world experiences with Easter egg hunts. Oh, nice. <laughs> As in, this past Easter, I was in New York City emceeing Easter egg hunts all day. Wow, wow. So yeah. you were training for yeah. this match. If I can corral a bunch of two- and three-year-olds, I shouldn't have a problem corralling all the people in this match. New York City two- and three-year-olds are insane. <laughs> <laughs> I think two- and three-year-olds are insane wherever you go, Teddy. Oh, uh, okay, fine. Fine, <laughs> shut me down again. <laughs> you know, you know, but but uh, <laughs> it's that accent. That's what gets you. It's that New York City accent coming out of a three-year-old's mouth. You're like, damn, <laughs> you're a little early for this bridge and tunnel action. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's like when there's like a, a little kid with an English accent. You think they're smart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, hello, they're child. stupid because they're a child. <laughs> <laughs> you're a child, you ain't no smarter than me. Well, you think you're better than me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I yelled at a lot of kids that weekend, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can only imagine. So- I said three year olds go to the left. What? You don't want to understand me? Wake <laughs> up, kid. <laughs> Little New Yorkers that kept asking for a hot dog. Uh, so the hardcore hunt, Teddy. Let's uh, let's take it uh, opponent by opponent. There's quite a few of them in this match. Let's start with Leva Bates. Is she going to be competition for the Ted Meister? Leva Bates. Little known, she's actually a shapeshifter. I've been listening to a lot of conspiracy theory podcasts lately. So I'm not scared of reptilians or the or the white streaks in the sky or leave a base, the shapeshifter. Bring it on. You can be a Tyrannosaurus if you want. I'll find a weakness. I'll have stubby little arms. <laughs> well, if you just stand perfectly still, Leva wouldn't be able to see you if she were a T-Rex. Uh, how about... Damn it, you're full of ideas. Maybe you should be in the match. <laughs> I'll be your new manager. Um, how about uh, Super Beetle? Super Beetle. Uh, uh, on the topic of T-Rexes, descended from prehistoric beasts. And as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he was some sort of uh, uh, time-traveling beetle from prehistory. <laughs> as you can tell, all I really know about the guy is that he has something to do with beetles. Well, right. Yeah. And something yeah. to do with, and everybody has something to do with prehistory. <laughs> In one way or another. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the problem when you bring creatures from prehistory into the present. All they know how to do is fight, so you might as well uh, stick them in a ring. Yeah, you know, you make a good point. But here's the thing. Did he emcee an Easter egg hunt recently? Does he know that there are things inside the eggs? Can his little beetle brain understand that? <laughs> <laughs> well, no one knows what's behind the mask, Teddy. He may indeed uh, predate history. As you say, but this, what about this one? The Abominable CPA. Oh, the Abominable CPA. The guy with the ties. Not one tie. I'm not going to give away the rest because that's what the part that makes everybody 
and then everyone's going to laugh, and he's going to turn around, and I'm going to kick him in the face. <laughs> so, uh, so, so wait a minute. Since you're not giving anything away, what you are giving away is that he wears one tie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. No less than one tie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, C.J. O'Doyle, is he going to add stigma stomper? To his uh, to his many names. Oh yeah, I believe it's right there. In the, to, to, to turn into dust, and you know what I say to that? Go right ahead, C.J. O'Doyle. I'm looking for an excuse to quit. Jesus. <laughs> now what have you got on me, C.J.? I'm gonna bash this egg over your head. Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. Uh, Kylan Who's King. That? Kylan King. Kylan King. Oh, man. She's a graduate of Team 3D Academy, so you know she's good. Not to hawk any academies or anything. And, you know, Serpentico, half man, half snake, he's been over there training kids. So, she's good. What do you want from me? I don't know. I'm still going to beat her up. (laughs) She's the queen of crazy, so I've heard. Yeah, okay. She's batshit. She's out of her mind. It's, that's a that's a thing. She she you can't even she can't even look at you when she talks. She's all over the place. And uh, I think she might have a little bit of inside knowledge on Easter egg hunts. Doesn't she carry around a giant bunny? She does, and I'm sure that'll be factored into the match somehow. You can't you, you can't expect anything less uh, for her than to be crazy. She's trained by a half snake person. Yeah, absolutely. The trauma alone must really mess with your head. Well. <laughs> She's got a bunny, and it's Easter time. And frankly, I don't see how that's going to help her. But maybe it will. Is she going to throw a stuffed animal at me? <laughs> you never know. Uh, so moving on here, we got uh, Treehouse Lee. Treehouse Lee. Treehouse Lee. Very fashionable. Dyes his beard. It's, very, it's a very unique look. He makes his own gear. Did I tell you that? Those 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 pants that he wears, he made them himself. Very, nice. very trendy fellow. You know, I had a discussion with him in, in the locker room at Mayhem One Mills, and I told him that I wasn't very good at fashion. And he told me, no, I think you are. And just for saying that kind of terrible thing to me, I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> How dare you contradict Teddy Stigma? How dare Teddy you Stigma? accuse me that of, of being fashionable, young man? <laughs> you don't compliment Teddy Stigma, all right? Because you'll, you'll pay the price. All right. Who, do we get? Who else is in this match? Who else's ass am I kicking? And the final uh, body to, to throw on the pile, Teddy, as you climb, uh, you, you climb the, the pile of bodies to victory, I guess pinning them all at the same time, uh, is going to be Casanova Valentine. Oh, yeah, Casanova Valentine, the hipster heartthrob, uh, the the beast from the Northeast. I just gave him that one. He doesn't call himself that. But he's <laughs> big, and he hits really hard, and he's a deathmatch guy. His thing is that he does deathmatches. Hell, most of the time, they're not even in a ring. So I say, let's fucking rock, dude. <laughs> it's so... We don't need to use the ring. We'll go up on the stage and bash shit over each other's heads. And maybe I won't come out on top. But damn it, I'll weasel my way out somehow. Well, hell yeah. There's a whole lot of uh, uh, fighting arena 
at eight seconds in Gainesville, Florida, outside of the ring. You got, what hell, at least four different bars inside of eight seconds. You got some pretty gnarly bathrooms, to tell the truth. <laughs> well, you know, you got to know what you're going into, you know, when you, when you enter the building in the first place. But hell, <laughs> there's bars everywhere. There's pool tables upstairs. Maybe yeah. I'll flip one over onto somebody. Crush him. Dead. The Beatles. Right. Oh no! I mean, if he likes death <laughs> matches, he has to entertain the idea of death. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, in the it, case of uh, in the case of Big Casanova Valentine, hell. Oh, exactly. Uh, death match. It's not just a clever name. <laughs> it's die all the time. Death could be an occupational hazard. Yes. Uh, well, that's it. That is Teddy Stigma's, uh, I guess, review. Uh, preview uh, predictions for the hardcore hunt. Teddy, you're you're my you're my favorite in this. It's hard to pick against some folks. Uh, Leva Bates, friend of the show, uh, on there. But uh, I'm gonna go with you because I think you have that momentum. You're ready to get back in the ring and show the fest faithful uh, what they've been missing ever since you've been absent. And we're glad to have you back in the world of wrestling. And glad you're healthy. Hell yeah, I can my knee well past ninety degrees. Nice, very nice. <laughs> 95, 96, hell. (laughs) You're definitely our pick uh, to win the Hardcore Hunt uh, on Saturday. Teddy, uh, we know that you will win, uh, of course, not with a reverse burning hammer, but um, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll find a way. Don't worry. There's eggs everywhere. There's a lot lot up for grabs. You never know what's going to happen. And quite frankly, I know I sounded like I was being all tough and cool, talking about all these other people in the match, but when it really comes down to it, I'm freaking terrified. Anyway, I just had to throw it out there. It's going to be crazy. So if you're listening to the show, then follow old Teddy Stigma down to Gainesville and uh, know what the hell a hardcore hunt is. Okay, guys. Well, terrified. Bye. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Teddy Stigma, and we look forward to seeing you this weekend at Fest Wrestling. Folks, we look forward to seeing you there as well. Because we're going to be there, or at least I'm going to be there. Darren uh, Beasley, that's of course who I am, I will be there live in Hogtown at the Hardcore Hunt too. Perry, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. I'm going to miss all of you. All the way out there on the left coast. Um, but give, yeah. give, whoa, 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 whoa! Give everyone that we know hugs and kisses. I, I want you to walk up to uh, Teddy Stigma and just look him dead in the eyes and give him a very passionate kiss. And then when he looks at you, dumbfounded, say that was from Perry. And then he'll okay. he'll know he'll know. And then it'll be okay because it wasn't really me doing. It. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I was so- kissing him vicariously through you. So you're doing me a favor. <laughs> so I have a question. Um, so what we just had uh, with having Teddy Stigma on the on the uh, on the hotline, as it were, uh, talking about <laughs> is that considered a TED talk? Oh <laughs> yes, well done, TED talk. Is, is uh, every conversation that Teddy Stigma has does he end it by saying that was a TED talk? Oh man, we need to pitch that to Teddy, uh, Darren. That he needs to have little segments, kind of like Piper's Pit, 
Um, it's TED oh Talks. My oh my god. Teddy, you got some residuals to send us for the idea. I mean, it's completely Darren's idea, but I'm going to take some credit for it. And <laughs> that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Darren hopes to see you in Florida, in Gainesville, at 8 seconds uh, on Saturday, May 4th, for the Hardcore Hunt. Unless your name is Kevin, because I don't like anyone named Kevin. Wow. Well, we just lost all three Kevins who listen to our show, Darren. <laughs> I mean, law I'm of averages, kidding. right? There's got to be a few Kevins out there. Okay, fair enough. I love you, Kevin, and Kevin, and Kevin. Oh, okay. But not you, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> the, that fourth Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, it's like the same thing. Yeah, Home Alone. Okay, there we go. Uh, so that's it, folks. Did you enjoy the episode? Are you going to be at Fest Wrestling's Hardcore Hunt? Let us know. There are a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast. That's R E F N S H O W P O D C A S T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We would like it if you did. Uh, if you want to send us a Gmail, you can. That would be the whole Refn Show at gmail.com. T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. Or we are on Instagram. Not like that's news to you, but uh, unless this is the first episode you're listening to. We are on Instagram at The Whole Reffin Show. We've been there for nigh on three years. Uh, yes, we are rapidly approaching um, a three-year anniversary here on The Whole Reffin Show. And Instagram is a great place to follow us in between our episodes. So come join us on Instagram. Yes, indeed, do. That is it for our episode, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to see you next week on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole ref and show. By the way, for those who have forgotten, for all you Kevins out there and all you other hashtag dear listeners, my name is Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beast. And we're going to see you when we see you, folks. See ya! Oh, bye-bye! Oh, I forgot. Gold cat. <laughs> Bray Goldwing. Combined Bobcat with Goldwing. <laughs> Gold cat. I'm a, I'm a dumb. <laughs>